from NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. I don't think we're anywhere close to perfection this morning. Um, but I, 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 we were talking about Oakland's uh, stretch, and it's over 30 games, right? Undefeated. 35, yep. Oh, wow, that's unbelievable. What is, do you have any idea what the record is for uh, the accomplishments of having – a number of undefeated seasons back to back to back. I'm not sure, but I know that Maryville had about 79 games in a row that they won back a few years ago. And were those all home games? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> about half of them. Yeah. Uh, but that was back a, a pretty good while ago. But I remember they had one of the one of the longest in the nation. Yeah. And uh, right now we're at I think 35 and. I think that's right, and we've got the longest one in the state. Yeah. Now, a couple of your games were pretty tough, Kevin, and uh, they were both private schools. What What is the nature of the private schools as opposed to the public schools in football? You know, uh, those guys uh, were two of the toughest teams that we'd faced in the six years I've been here. So, yeah. Uh, you know, they're really different, but they're similar at the same time. They're the same size school. CPA and Lipscomb are the same size. Mm -hmm. uh, and then at the same time, uh, they're in the same region. So they play each other in the regular season. And then they played each other in the state championship. And so they're similar in that, that phase, but at the same time, they're a whole lot different. CPA has had a lot of those same kids since elementary school like yeah. they've been raised together they've played together they play baseball together they play basketball together and they've had a lot of success in football and and a bunch of other sports and so you know they're a little bit different lipscomb you know i watched them the other night play on tv against cpa and and they throttled them uh but they have guys from six different states yeah uh, they've got a couple kids uh uh, from another continent, you know, uh, that was pretty impressive. And then, of course, uh, they're bringing them in left and right. So yeah. uh, their methods are, are different, but their success rate is similar. Last year, uh, Lipscomb beat them in the regular season like they did this year and then turned around and uh, lost to CPA in the state championship. And most people are predicting those two will play each other again in the state championship. So uh, it was a neat non-region game uh, for, for us to play at home. And yeah. there were some huge crowds that got to witness those games. It, it, it seems like the more successful you are, the more that people are going to show up to watch the games. And I, I assume a lot of those are college coaches looking for some special talent. Well, that's, that's funny you mention that. Uh, at the Lipscomb game, the entire TSU staff was there. Every wow. coach that Eddie George – had was there including eddie george and um you know they were watching both teams of course yeah and uh, i thought that was pretty neat and right after that dylan king one of our defensive backs 
uh, he got an offer and committed to Tennessee State. So, uh, you know, it worked out for both of us. Yeah. You know, that, that sounds pretty interesting that uh, uh, there's probably more talent right now in Middle Tennessee football talent than there's ever been before. I know the, the old Central team, you know, they're legendary. Uh, right. But but this team right here is, is is pretty much equal to the task as far as what I've seen. There are tons of, of players that are really good that are going to play on Saturdays. And, you know, yesterday we had our region meeting mm-hmm. with our region. Our region doesn't include uh, Smyrna or Eagleville or Laverne, mm-hmm. uh, but it's basically Murfreesboro schools. Yeah. And we put together uh, all-region team. Of course, we don't reveal it until the last team is through playing. But if you took our all-region team, whew, it'd be tough. And that's kind of like saying, you know, if there was one school in Murfreesboro. Yeah. Our all-region team is stacked with players that will get their school paid for for free to play football. That's amazing. And, and I, I don't remember ever seeing this much talent in the Middle Tennessee. And in fact, uh, you're talking about the Lipscomb game. The coach of Lipscomb, of course, played uh, pro football at yep. one time. And I think he was a pretty he, – he sounded pretty cocky about how that game was going to end up. I don't think he realized how good Oakland really was. Yeah, you know, uh, I thought it was interesting the way that he went about asking to play us. You know, he went on the Internet, and uh, uh-huh. he put it out on Twitter. And, of course, uh, Tom Crager for the Tennessean, he jumped on it, and there was a bunch of clicks. And, you know, that's what a lot of people are after nowadays is yeah. retweets and clicks and likes and that sort of thing. So it got a lot of attention, and it uh, had a lot of momentum and uh, you know, we both had a game that was canceled that week. We were supposed to play Stewart's Creek, and they wanted to just turn around and play them in three or four days. And yeah, you know, I I was a little hesitant on that. I, I didn't know much about Lipscomb, to tell you the truth. And then uh, we swapped some film, and I got to watch them, and I was like, this team's pretty good now. Did you have uh, time to relate it back to your team? Yes, and and that's what we we agreed to play on our off week. Yeah, uh, a couple weeks down the road, we had an off week, and you know, uh, we we really needed the off week, uh, but unfortunately, we had two games canceled in a row, so we had basically two weeks where we didn't practice for a specific opponent. So, you know, we we did kind of have a little bit of a break, but uh, we were going to play Lipscomb. and so we had time to get ready for them. And, yeah. and like I said, we we told our guys about how how talented they were and i mean they had some players now and we got behind a couple scores and you know i i give our guys a lot of credit we uh we were behind two scores at cpa we were behind two scores at lipscomb and uh you know there was a little magic you know playing at home there's been a little bit of magic uh plays went our way the ball bounced our way you know we uh, broke some long runs and yeah. you know cause some turnovers just amazing uh you know our guys showing their resilience so uh those were non-region games but i do think they kind of taught us some things that maybe we'll use again in the playoffs you're talking about some of these teams 
I believe this may be the toughest schedule you've ever had. And it, it is, is it because of the uh, the virus and everything's going around and, and, and having to cancel some games? And some I've kind of wondered, well, maybe they just didn't want to play you guys and they wanted to go to something else. When you get that good, um, it, it makes it pretty tough on you for the whole season, doesn't it? Because a lot of the teams, they know they're not going to be able to, to play against you. So they had rather go somewhere else. And then you got these guys that are just looking for somebody that's good. They think they can handle them and are, are very competitive with them. So it, it's been a tough season. It, it has. It's, it's uh, you know, it's been a fun season. You know, we like – playing good competition but mm -hmm. you know you know we're starting the playoffs right now that's the most important season so yeah luckily we're pretty much injury free uh, but at the same time we've played some tough teams and they've you know exposed some of our weaknesses and mm -hmm. uh, so those are out there now and uh, that's the good part is you can try to get that fixed before you play another really good team which you'll see in the playoffs yeah uh, we we look like we're going to see possibly you know, four or five really good teams in the playoffs uh, if we keep winning. So, you know, Lipscomb has the same problem we do. They have trouble finding people to play them. CPA has trouble finding people to play them. You know, right after uh, we we played CPA, uh, we looked at their schedule. Well, that already beat Montgomery Bell Academy, which is a whole lot bigger school than they are. Yeah. That already beat Brentwood Academy, which is a whole lot bigger school. So their resume stacked up pretty good, just like uh, Lipscomb Academy's did. You know, Lipscomb Academy beat a really good team out of Atlanta, mm -hmm. uh, turned around and beat a really good team out of Arkansas. You know, the team out of Arkansas they beat was the state champs, who just so happened the week before beat MRA, the Mississippi champs that we had beaten on ESPN. Wow. So, yeah, it was uh, it was one of those things that it was really good for the fans, for sure. You know, anybody that purchased a season ticket, uh, they got their money's worth that one night. We have a caller on the line, Kev. Caller, welcome aboard with Kevin Creasy. Coach Creasy, I just want to ask you, did you get the, uh, 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 I remember not I interviewed you after one of the football games you were talking about, I'm not following. I I don't know. Right, sure well, I you... remember it was one night. One night, y'all had played Blackman that night, and and uh, and it was a lot of y'all had a lot of penalties. A lot of y'all wanted a won a big by big margin, but I, I know you were kind of displeased how how things went as far as the penalties and pins and things. It, it sounds like you got it corrected, but I just wanted to wish you luck in the playoffs. I know you're going to do pretty well, but I do want to ask. You, I know the media, like you talk about Craig or stuff, and the big thing now is uh is everybody thinks. In the finals, it's going to be you guys and Summit playing for a state championship. And, of course, Summit has the way twins are going to Kentucky. I know you don't want to look ahead, but media does. So, But I just wanted to wish you luck in the, uh, luck in the playoffs. And uh, I, I know you're going to do well as long as you play at, uh, play at home. So uh, uh, good luck, and uh, hopefully I can get to cover one of your ball games real soon. All right. Well, I appreciate it. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the Blackman game, I was not very happy because 
we had three touchdowns called back. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, obviously we were doing some holding or, or, or uh, doing something that we weren't supposed to do or we would have scored 84 points that night, you know, against Blackman. Uh, so, yeah, we were – Did little... any of that ever come up on film when you have officials that uh, make a difference in, in the ball game? Um, how much of that is is pretty close to the best of how they're uh, actually calling them? Or are, are, are they making mistakes? Because nobody is perfect in those things. Right. Yeah, no. I mean, coaches make mistakes. Referees make mistakes. But it's kind of like, uh, you know, in baseball, you got to figure out their strike zone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, some guys are going to – call more penalties than others and mm-hmm. you gotta your players have to realize that and then of course some guys are going to you know keep their flag in their pocket and they're going to let you play a little bit more so you just kind of gotta uh be able to feel uh after that first quarter kind of what the uh, referees are doing and, and how they're going to call the game uh, so yeah we we corrected a lot of those mistakes that that we were making and and like i said we We've had a good end of the season. You know, we've had yeah. a good run. You know, won the region for the seventh year in a row the other night against Rockville in the rain. And then it looks like we may end up playing Rockville in the second round of the playoffs. You just wow. never know. It's uh, it's one of those deals where if they get a win and we get a win, uh, we'll play each other twice in three weeks. So uh, I do uh, know that people are looking ahead and, you know, the whole summit deal. I don't know. I don't know who's going to come out of the west but she we got to worry about warren county and then like I said shebeville or rockville in the second round and uh could be riverdale could be lebanon could be stewart's creek in the third round you just never know coffee county has something to say about that too and then uh you're almost certain it's going to be maryville at maryville in round four so uh, <laughs> there's plenty of football left before we worry about the wade twins at summit that Maryville game at Maryville is always tough, isn't it? It is. It is. Uh, they have a great environment. Yeah. It's one of the loudest stadiums you'll ever be a part of. And, you know, it gets a little tight on our sideline. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then, of course, it's always right there uh, at Thanksgiving. So, back and forth, we've gone and played each other in the regular season and in the playoffs, and the home team has won every time. That's amazing, isn't it? It it is, it is. You were talking about the officials earlier. A friend of mine, Russ Bully, he he uh, officiates SEC games, football, and uh, we've had long discussions on um, how they're trained to be at their very best and not be really a part of the game. And he said. You have to make sure that anytime you throw that flag, you know that that is going to be the correct call. And you don't want to be a manipulator of what the outcome is for any game. And, and I think that uh, if you have those type of officials, you will be pretty comfortable on how the game's going. And then the perpetrator of the foul you will be in his ear pretty much mm-hmm. for a while to make sure that that doesn't happen again. You don't want to lose a game because the the player's mind is not on the game and what they're supposed to be doing. Right, right. And, you know, I, I think back to that Riverdale game, 
you know, it was on TV, so a lot of people got to see this one. It was 24 to 7, and we're about to score right before half. We've done that to them three times in a row. Yeah. And uh, a guy called a touchdown for us, and I mean, it's about to be 31 to 7, and things are going to look good for us. And then uh, a guy on my sideline runs up and he changes the call, you know. And like I said, in 20 something years of coaching, I've never seen a touchdown like overruled in high school. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'm telling him, I'm like, man, y'all may have to ride home together, you know, and y'all are going into the little referee's room here in a minute. I was like, he may not have a lot to say to you overturning his call. I was like, I thought y'all stick it out together, you know. And then at the same time, uh, I went back and watched it, and I see why he overturned it, you know. Uh, with video evidence, you can see why he overturned it. I can see why the guy called it a touchdown at the same time. But yeah. uh, a couple of weeks later, I saw that same referee at the uh, at a JV game, and I told him, I was like, I tell you, you made the right call. At the end of the day, you don't see a lot of calls overturned in high school because there's no replay booth or anything like that. I was like, but you did what you thought was right, and you know to make the correct call and i was like that took some courage you know and i said uh, i i know it went against us but i think you did the right thing do you like the replay uh videos that show the um, the i guess where the the uh referees the officials are making the right calls or not because i i have seen so many of them that uh actually were correct but every once in a while you see one where uh, even the officials and that are watching the film do not get it right that's right that's right and, and it makes you want worry about that well you know they just say it's got to be conclusive and obvious and uh it's got to be a good reason to overturn it and it's amazing how many of them are correct, how many times the referees do get it right yeah. in real time because yeah. they don't have the luxury of slow motion and all that stuff. Uh, so, yeah, they're talking about putting replays uh, in the state championship game. Uh, they're talking about maybe even in the later rounds of the playoffs. I think that would be big. Of course, I don't want 100 replays. I don't want 100 reviews. I want, you know, I think maybe you could have – you know the option to get a replay in the first half and a replay yeah. in the second half and i think it's big that you know you replay touchdowns i think that's huge uh and like i said in the playoffs things are different things are different because you know if you don't win your season's over you know yeah. uh, there's a couple teams like uh blackman and siegel they had to take up their equipment the other night you know so we we don't want to do that anytime soon and uh you know it could be a call here or there they could change it and make it where you know your seniors some of those guys never play football again so we want to make yeah. sure that you know we get it right in the playoffs it changes the pace of the game is the thing that bothers me the I most i agree i agree and and when you get those uh, the, the emotions change uh, when you think you've got a touchdown and then all of a sudden it's called back you gone from being way up in the sky to down below the ground real quick, and you you gotta you gotta recharge uh, again, and that that that's hard to coach. We got another caller on the line, Kevin. Caller, welcome aboard with Kevin Creasy. Good morning, guys. Sheriff, I had a I had a quick story for you, and then a real quick question for the coach, if he's got a minute. But uh, I took my son. I'm a little older now, but I got a nine year old son, and 
I might have told him I little know, knew a little bit more about football than I actually did, but I recall the day when I went to get my first set of pads and didn't know anything about anything, and, and you know where I went. I went to see Mr. A.G. Oh, and, yes. I mean, he just, he just, I mean, he just made it so easy, and we were little poor, little poor kids, you know. He made it affordable. He made it easy, and I took him this week to a used sports store to get uh, football gear, and they didn't have what he wanted. We didn't get no help, and Honestly, I, I, I might have acted like I know a little bit more about it. We played mainly backyard and a little junior pro. But, Mr. Uh, Coach Creasy, I had a quick question. He's nine, and I just wondered, starting him out at home, he's not played junior pro or anything. We go to we go to Kittrell Elementary, so we don't really have an opportunity to play there yet. Uh, what would you do at home with him just to get him cranked up for next year on junior pro so he knows what it feels like? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, uh, my son, I was trying to keep him uh, out of contact until about 10 years old, and uh, then he learned how to read about five years old, and he read that he could really play at five. And so next thing you know, I'm having to sign him up. Uh So he's played youth football since he was five and had some great experiences. Uh, The main thing is to make sure that he has great coaches. Yeah, Coaches are the key in junior pro. And I might play, and I gave this advice to a lady I work with at our school, I'd probably play flag football for a year just to kind of get acclimated on uh, some of the rules and how things flow and go with football and, and get them kind of caught up because some of those guys have been playing since they were five years old, and you don't want to just jump into the deep end. But as far as uh, getting him some equipment and that sort of thing, you can always get a big pad, a big dummy is what they call it, and, uh, you know, work on tackling. There's some really good YouTube videos on, on how you're supposed to tackle nowadays. They've taken the head out of tackling, you know, getting rid of those concussions and neck injuries as much as they can. And they've kind of gone to a rugby tackle where you throw your shoulder in there and, uh, you know, you try to drive for five and hit without your head and that sort of thing. And I think that's huge. I think it's made our game a whole lot safer. Uh, so I would definitely – uh, look up some good videos uh, on uh, on tackling. I, I think uh, uh, that's the key: blocking and tackling. That's as, if they don't get anything else out of youth football, blocking and tackling would be the two things they really need to get out of it. And that's why it's so important to have the right coaches. You know, a lot of yeah. coaches I see try to coach like they were coached mm-hmm. 40 years ago, and that's not good. You know, they want to be Vince Lombardi, and they want to line them up 10 yards apart, and then ram them into each other over and over, which hardly ever happens in a real football game. And then they wonder why they don't want to play when they get to high school or middle school. Yeah. Well, I I probably wouldn't want to do that either if I had to do that every day. So I think uh, common sense and good coaching, that's the biggest thing. But, you know, when you got a big, you know, kind of soft pad out there, big dummy, you can can, uh, do a lot in your backyard and, and not have to worry about injury. That's a great question. All right, we'll be right back with Kevin Creek. The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450, online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. It's a slick pig barbecue. Spicy wings and Brunswick stew Everything made fresh for you At the Slick Pig Barbecue 
There's lean smoked turkey and chicken too Ribs so tender don't need to chew Well come on folks I'm telling you It's a slick pig barbecue In 1920 East Main You're gonna love the pig The Slick Pig Barbecue A Murfreesboro tradition Need a break from the sound bites and the talking heads? Do you want information you can actually use? Information that'll change your life for the better? Then listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will show you how to retire in two to five years. Your age doesn't matter. Turn off the pundits and turn on the passive income. Tune in to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show, Monday through Saturday, 11 to noon, right here on News Radio WGNS. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Hello, I am Frank Caperton. Most people know me as Frank the Computer Guy, but did you know that I also have a camera? I love to shoot events such as weddings and birthday parties, corporate events, family gatherings, ribbon cuttings. I call it event photography. Call or text me at 615-476-7823 or visit FrankCaperton.com. I also preserve memories. I digitize and enhance your old family videos. 615-476-7823 or FrankCaperton.com. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. A new 61,000-square-foot addition at Laverne Middle School will provide students and teachers with something they've needed desperately, their own classrooms. School and district leaders joined with students, teachers, and administrators Thursday morning to cut the ribbon on the new annex and show off the facility. The addition, which has been under construction for the past 18 months, includes a 5,500-square-foot dining room, a gymnasium, and 29 new classrooms, including four science labs and instructional intervention rooms. The Wall That Heals will be in Murfreesboro next week. The wall is a replica of the Vietnam Veterans Memorial in Washington, D.C. It'll be at the Barfield Crescent Park on Veterans Parkway from November 11th through the 14th, Organizers of the visit say the wall will be open 24 hours a day. Financial Director and City Recorder and Treasurer Jennifer Brown reminds property owners to pay their property taxes on time. City property taxes are due December 31st, but since the office will be closed that day, the deadline has been extended to January 3rd. The city says you can access your property tax information online. You can view and pay your property taxes online at www.murfreesborotntax.com. If you haven't received your city property tax notice or have any questions regarding your notice, please contact the tax department at 615-893-5210. Once again, Murfreesboro city property taxes must be paid by January 3rd to avoid interest. News on demand 24-7 at WGNSRadio.com. And when news breaks, we tweet it. Follow us at WGNS Radio. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. 
Main Street presents the Holiday Market. Sip, shop, and stroll throughout downtown Murfreesboro. Friday, November 5th, 5 to 8 p.m. and all day Saturday. Kick off your Christmas shopping by choosing local with unique gifts sure to please everyone. Bring your friends, make it a date night, and walk around the historic downtown. Drinks and treats at each store. Over 40 shops and restaurants open for this shopping treat. Follow Main Street Murfreesboro on Facebook for more information on individual shops. Fourth and goal from the one. It's make or break. The game is on the line. Who wants it more? These are the moments that can define a season. The roar of the crowd builds with anticipation. And then... Into the end zone. Touchdown, Middle Tennessee. Hear all the defining moments right here. This is the voice of the Blue Raiders, Chip Walters, on Rutherford County's home for MTSU sports, WGNS Talk Radio. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. Partial sunshine develops here this afternoon. We'll see high in the mid-50s. North winds at 5 to 15 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly cloudy skies alone near 36. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 40. Join us November 27th for the Small Business Saturday Holiday Market. We'll have candle makers, jewelry, bath and body, clothing, home decor, food trucks, and more. The Small Business Saturday Holiday Market, November 27th at the Lane Agro Park, down from Sam's. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back with Coach Kevin Creasy, of course the Oakland Patriots. And I was trying to wonder, um, Kevin, uh, do you get special insurance uh, when you're teaching classes over at Oakland, when you're teaching student driving, because um, somebody that's a, as important as you that brings so much attention to Oakland uh, High School, and you're having to teach uh, student driving, um, do, do you get any special uh, insurance to cover you? Uh, you know, actors get it, and and uh, millionaires get it, and all this other stuff. But uh, why would they put the top head coach in the state of Tennessee in harm's way like that? That is a great question. We do not get any special insurance. I did pass my wife the other day going down Memorial, and we ran over the white line. She saw me grab the steering wheel and. <laughs> Right after that, she told me that she did increase my life insurance policy. So uh-huh. she she's increased a, a life insurance policy, but, yeah, there's no other insurance policy that I know of. Uh, it's a pretty scary occupation. It, it, it sets up a warning to me. When I see student drivers uh, going on these back roads and things like that, I a lot of times I'll pull over on the side of the road till they go by or what, what whatever's happening with them. Yeah, that's right. You better watch out. And I remember getting my first head coaching job. I 
found out about a couple weeks later I had one gray hair in my goatee. Then I started doing driver's ed, and the whole thing turned gray. So yeah. it is, it's even more stressful than coaching football. Yeah, you have changed since the season started, big boy. I'm telling you, stressful. You, you know, I remember uh, Coach Lee Pate that coached us. Uh, this is a long time ago, and, and uh, he would after every game. He would go in his neighborhood and walk for hours out there to just get the stress off. And you've had so many years have been back to back to back with some of the toughest teams in the country this year. Um, what do you do? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I probably need to do that. Sometimes I do have to take a walk, you yeah. know. Uh, but, yeah, it's – that's the thing about it. It's usually we've got another game right after that, so i got to get right back to work. I probably need to enjoy the wins a little bit more than I do. But like I said, it's uh, one of those grinds where you got another hard opponent the very next week. And that's one yeah. thing we pride ourselves on. We don't want to ever be caught, you know, overlooking somebody. But when you play in the playoffs, a team that you have played during the season, um is it – I know all of your players are coachable because they are all – you're in their face and, and they're out there playing at 100%. Um, you're playing a team that has seen your strengths and you're, they've seen your weaknesses. Can a really, really good coach and, – and we've got good coaches here in this area – when they see those films – can they make a difference on the second time that you play them? And I, I know that that also goes back to you because you've seen <laughs> these same thing with, with their particular teams. How, how hard is it to play a, a good football team a second time? Yeah, it, it is tough. That is, it's a real scary thought that you got to go back through your region a lot of times in our region because our teams usually win in the playoffs yeah. and so yeah that makes it tough uh you know you always wonder will they do the same thing they did you know will they will they do it just better will they do the same thing or will they scrap what they did and change everything and the funny part is we played riverdale twice last year and the first three plays we ran three plays that we absolutely ripped them on the first time mm -hmm. and uh we're like well we got to see if they got it fixed or not well yeah. <laughs> we didn't gain a yard in those three plays they fixed what bothered them the first time and we ended up punting to start the game so it's one of those deals where you got to see if they got it fixed yeah. and uh, like i said there's so many good coaches in this region there's so many good coaches in this area uh that a lot of times it's hard to beat somebody twice. It, it is. And I know when I was at Trousdale, we, we had beaten somebody 17 to nothing. And a few weeks later, uh, they turned around and beat us in the playoffs and, and went on to win a state championship. So uh, it's it's tough because a lot of people, you know, work on the things that you did well and they make adjustments too. You know, that's what we tell our players. They're coached up too. So yeah. we got to sometimes make adjustments on the run. But at the same time, uh, it's one of those deals where – it's hard to beat somebody that, that, that you play and you're so familiar with. And, and that's what's going to be tough uh, this year. You know, we may run into Rockville after just playing them a week ago. We may run into Riverdale. We may run into Stewart's Creek. You just never know. And uh, 
you know, the biggest thing is you got a 16, 17-year-old kid who remembers that you beat them just a few weeks ago. You got to convince them that they can turn right back around and beat you. The the competitive level between Riverdale and Oakland, it it makes things... um, more exciting, I, I guess, for the kids. They're ready to play, and they don't want to get beat a second time. That's be- right. Because of the strength of each team. That's right. You know, uh, Riverdale has 36 seniors this year. They don't want their season to end. So, yeah. you know, if uh, we do play them a second time, I'm sure they're going to uh, give us all they, you know, all we want and uh, and even more. And so our seniors don't want our season to end. So it's just one of those deals where – Things get turned up a notch in the playoffs. It happens in hockey. It happens in baseball, football, the pros, college. When it's winter, go home. Things get turned up a, a notch, and and uh, things get a little more competitive. Well, I think that Riverdale game last year, that was the hardest hitting game that I've seen in a long time on the high school level. I guarantee it. I, I, I think they had five or six kids – uh, maybe some of Dick Buckus's kids out there, because <laughs> it was it was ruthless out there. That's right. You know, I've had referees come up to me and tell me a couple different times that that was uh, you know one of the hardest hitting games. Uh, there was another game when I first my first year here against Smyrna. We went to mm-hmm. overtime uh, with Smyrna, and and uh, they were really good. And uh, I had a referee say, you know. That was the hardest hitting game I've ever seen in my life. So, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty cool uh, when you have a physical game like that with so much on the line. Yeah, uh, Terry Deal is sitting to my right. She she runs this organization. It's not really an organization. It's it, it, it's like a a pleasure resort over here at Adams Place. And, and I, I saw Robert and, and his sweet wife came in here, uh, I believe it was last week, and just thoroughly enjoyed them. And, uh, you know, I I think Kevin is wanting to sign up over here uh, for Adam's place. I, I, th- I think this season, the way it's been going along, I think he's ready for a rest. And this would be just like a rest resort, wouldn't it, Terry? The season has Absolutely. I was eyeballing one of those balcony suites out here up front. So if you could reserve one of those for me, I'd, I'd definitely take it. You have done a great job over here, Terry. Uh, what is it that's so special about Adams Place? I know, but I want to hear it from you. Everything about it is special. I mean, the, the residence is what really makes it special. Because yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got uh, this past weekend, uh, one of our residents gets together every Halloween and tells ghost stories. Ooh. And it's just the, 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 our uh, activities director, Betsy, decorates the parlor, and then Margaret comes down and tells these ghost stories. So, Margaret Ordabody, and she was with MTSU for many, many years. Oh, I know. And I know, knew her and her uh, husband. Yeah. So she they, both ta- they both taught over there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that, I think that's what makes it special is everybody invests in the family that's here. Yeah. 
and they invest in making this the best days of life uh, as they're in their retirement years. Yeah. Um, of course, Dr. Howard, mm -hmm. he, he flew uh, uh, missions uh, during World War II mm -hmm. into Germany, and that's they called them the suicide missions because a lot of them did not come back. Mm -hmm. And to, just to listen to him and, and uh, show his stories. And, and I've got a picture of his uh, uh, airplane at home that he gave me. Mm -hmm. And uh, bless his heart, he was probably the toughest teacher I ever had over at MTSU. That doesn't surprise me. We're I actually... was told not to get his class. You know how that is. <laughs> I do. I had a few of those professors myself. Yeah, we're getting ready to celebrate his 99th birthday, so oh that's going to be gosh. a big celebration. He is special. He is. He need, he, you and, uh, and he need to be on the show. We can do it. Uh, and talk about some of those things. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. he, he's an amazing man. He is. You're, you're, you're really special to, to be here, Terry, and you make it even more special of all the things that you've done since I have known you. Right. Well, I enjoy what I do, and that makes it so easy to come to work every day. Uh, I enjoy the fact that these residents get to speak into my life, but at the same time, I get to speak into theirs in their latter years and hopefully make the last days on, on this earth the best that they can possibly be. That's my yeah. goal is to just make everything easy and fun and enjoyable, and uh, we do everything that we can to pamper them. Yeah. Well, I never worry about having a temperature when I come in here. Uh, Kevin, what was your uh, 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 rate of, of heat this morning? 96.9. 96.9. Well, that's uh, an acceptable you, rate. <laughs> now, now, do you want to hear what mine was, Terry? 92.3. It's 91.9. <laughs> we might need to warm your blood up a little bit. Well, I stood outside for about five or six minutes yeah does that actually have anything to do with your temperature uh the, the the real temperature well i mean the the thermometers that are used uh it's if you're running a fever it's going to register but yes the temperature outside is going to affect it because these thermometers are just scanning the surface temp yeah uh, I, it was funny we got a new uh temperature or a new thermometer here a couple of weeks ago and i actually read the instructions and it said the only true way to tell if you have a temperature is oral or rectal. And I don't think that we need to put one another through that when we come. So we'll go with the 90, 91s and the 92s. I guarantee you, you'll have to chase me down to get that rectal. That ain't going to happen. I, I think that'll be the day I choose to retire. Yeah. <laughs> I may have to start calling in to be on the show. Right. <laughs> yeah. Meet up in the parking lot. <laughs> I tell you, uh, how, how at capacity, how far are you close to being at capacity right we, now? We, in independent living right now, we're right at 89% occupancy. Is that pretty normal? Uh, not normal for Adams Place. Adams Place normally stays more around the 93 to 94%. Yeah. Um, we're, we're recovering still from COVID. Yeah. Um, we're having more and more. We, we had, uh, over the last couple of months, we've had, I think, six new residents, and I've got another five that are lined up in the next five to six weeks. So yeah. we're seeing that turn where people are 
uh, no longer fearful of congregate living. So we're, I don't we've think anybody it. around here is anymore. No, not not here. You know, our residents have all the freedoms that they could possibly want. Yeah. Um, you know, as employees, we still get to follow protocol and wear masks, but the residents are free to go maskless and. They're all vaccinated. We're getting ready to have the uh, booster clinic this Thursday, so everybody can get that third round of shots for those that haven't already. So, yeah, they're they're just living life and enjoying themselves. They're not required to have the shots, though, or they're the mask. Not. No, they are not required to. That's good. I most like of that. them, most of them do, just out of an abundance of precaution. Uh, but no, it is not a requirement. Well. Uh, maybe you should let them loose for the next Oakland football game where they're playing Warren County. Now, are you playing at home, right? We are. When is that game? That is Friday. Okay. Yep. And that's a big game. Of course, Oakland is – do they have a, 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 a number on the, how much a team is favored in the playoffs in the high schools? No, they're not supposed to. Because that – that would get into the betting realm, right? Right, I think so. Yeah. Do you feel pretty? I know you feel confident, but uh, how how would uh, Warren County uh, relate to some of the other teams that are in there? Do you have a clue? I'm not sure. We haven't really seen a lot of Warren County, but I know that last year they were really good, and they gave us one of our closest games Played of the year. Played a good game last year. They did. It yeah. was a heck of a game, and, you know, luckily they had uh, the player of the year on their team last year, and he graduated, so that helps a lot. <laughs> you waved uh, by at him. <laughs> yes, we gave him a graduation present. We were yeah. so happy to see him graduate. Yeah. How, how much can one player – and what position? I guess the quarterback uh, ha has the biggest uh, uh, advantage with with their particular abilities. But uh, can one player really make a big difference in a game? Absolutely. This player sent Warren County to the region championship and to the playoffs, and they hadn't been in either of those since uh, – the early 90s mm -hmm. so 30 years it's been a generation since they'd won as much as they'd won with this one player and uh now he had some good guys around him but he played every snap i'm sure he was wore out after our game he made almost every tackle and then he had almost every carry that night uh so he had quite the performance so yeah one guy can make a huge difference in, in especially high school football yeah how many are you going to lose this year? How many players? Uh, we've got like 22 seniors. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're real happy with our numbers, and uh, we're going to lose some really good ones. But you seem to always be able to fill those slots and play at a high level every year. Well, that's what we're hoping for. You know, uh, we like to think we've got a program instead of just a team. We've yeah. got a program, and – our middle school has just won their championship. They went undefeated for the third year in a row. Our freshmen went undefeated for the third year in a row. There's a freshman playoff. They won it, uh, won the county championship for that. Uh, and then our junior varsity, they went undefeated for the seventh year in a row. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, we hope we got it rolling. Now it's up to the varsity. We need to go undefeated. You, you, I presume you have a, a great relationship with the middle school coaches. 
You yeah. almost have to, don't you? With the Oakland Middle School, we do. That's the kind of like our feeder school. A lot of those yeah. kids come to our school, and both of those coaches over there coached for me. So it was good to know when they had an opening at the middle school that I could send two good young coaches that maybe don't want to spend all weekend with me working and breaking down film, but they are good enough to, to go to the middle school and have a great impact. And uh, they, they're they really good. Uh, Scott Thomas uh, is the head coach, and Tyler Eady is the D coordinator, and both of them coached with me for a couple of years. And uh, we're they're really lucky to have those two because they could – they could go be good high school coaches anytime they wanted to. Attitude has a lot to do with a player being successful on a team. What happens when you have someone who's really not coachable at all? They know everything as far as they're concerned that they need to know, and listening to a coach is not part of what they want to do. They want to go out there and play. How do you handle that? Because I've seen some over here at, at Middle. I've seen some, actually at UT also where the coach and, and the player just absolutely, they're, they're on different pages no matter what happens. Well, it just seems like there's probably always one or two out there no matter what team. And you just try to explain to them. Including well mom and daddy. You try to explain to them that they are hurting themselves more than anything, you know. Yeah. They're their worst enemy when they think they figured it all out and know everything. And that, you know, we're not out here wasting our time. We're here to help them. We're on the same team. Yeah. So uh, you try to explain it to them. A lot of it comes with maturity. And, you know, a lot of times those guys, one day it'll flick like a light switch and it'll, you know, really affect them in a positive way and they won't be that guy anymore. But some guys are just slow learners. And, uh, they're the ones that a lot of times will never figure it out. And in the end, it will uh, cost them. Yeah, but it hurts the team also. It does. If if, if the players are watching someone like uh, the player with a bad attitude or maybe mom and dad in the stands or come running out on the field, you never <laughs> know. But it, it – uh, it makes a difference in, in how they're going to play. I mean, the whole team. It does. It, you know, one bad apple, you know, yeah. that's the saying. So it can happen. And, and like I said, a lot of times you try and try and try and give them hundreds of chances and eventually they run out. And sometimes you got to cut them loose. Yeah. What if you got somebody over here at Adams Place who was not a team player? They weed themselves out. <laughs> they do. They just I mean, go. Usually, you know, I mean, we have some that, that come in. Most everybody uh, really buys into the culture that Adams Place has from an mm -hmm. employment standpoint and um, doesn't take long to see who's going to work and who's not. The majority of the people that come to work here uh, really have a passion for serving seniors. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what's really important for us, like uh, having a passion for football. If, if you're not passionate about it, about it you're not going to do well. Yeah. And, you know, working in this type of an industry, if you're not passionate about what you're doing and who you're serving, you're going to weed yourself out. Yeah. You're, you're going to come in and not be satisfied, so you won't stay long. Well, you know Thomas Booker that comes on the show, uh, mm -hmm. he'll come wearing his uh, Major League Baseball uniform. Mm -hmm. And he's wore every one of them, I think, since he's been on the show. And his mom and dad are the sweetest people and, and very, very bright about this area. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know that David and Donna Booker uh, 
sent me a letter, uh, and it had a uh, big, full-page newspaper front on it, and it was telling about uh, Major League Baseball and and uh, one of the best announcers that ever called the game. I think he called for close to 60 years, Vince Scully, for the Dodgers. And uh, you have a lady here, and, and the name is – has actually just gone out of my head. She she's from Brooklyn. Okay. And, We've got several from up there. And, and uh, she could tell me all that happened back when the Dodgers were uh, in, in Brooklyn. Okay. And uh, I w I'm going to give her that uh, full article if if oh, yeah. I can catch her over here one day because it was so nice of them to send that and. There, there's, there's something special about having uh, uh, people around you that, that that they seem to rise above everything. Mm -hmm. And you have a lot of people here that I absolutely enjoy talking to yeah. because the subjects that they can relate to me is, is just sometimes over my head, which is not mm -hmm. too uh, <laughs> You know, it's, it's easy for that to happen, but uh, uh, it's special. Uh, actually, uh, Terry, I had uh, had two close friends, Greg, Greg and Mentriette Tucker. They mm -hmm. took me to a movie last night, and and uh, the movie had three or four different languages, and Mentriette had to interpret all of those languages okay. for both Greg and me. She, you know, she's at when once you're at that type level. You, you 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 have to make it simple for some people, right. and I'm one of those people that has to be simple. <laughs> me too. Yeah. So that, that dumb, makes dumb it, it down for me. <laughs> and when I get Kevin in here, it, it's like I, I, I'm talking to uh, uh, Nick Saban, you might say, <laughs> except Kevin's got a personality. Okay. But mm. but he, he he knows football, and, and, and I, I'm so worried about him because they've got him teaching. Uh, driver's ed classes oh. over here in, in yeah. Murfreesboro and uh, I, I I wouldn't put my man that I'm so dependent upon <laughs> like Oakland Oakland school is right at the top of yes. football all across this country mm -hmm. and, and it's amazing all these people that are moving in here from California New York uh, Detroit and all those places that's one of the things that people used to ask me years ago. What school would I recommend? And I would ask them questions. Now, if they want to play football, am I going to make a bunch of enemies here? In <laughs> Probably. I, nobody's going to be listening to me anymore, Kevin. What, what, her, what, what in the world is going to happen? Well, you're right, though. Each school has its own strengths. It and, does. And people do move into this area, and they do research, and they figure out – if my kid does football, go to Oakland. Now, I'm a Seagull parent, so, I understand. but I'm a band parent. If, what you, happened if between, you want a competitive marching band, you go to Seagull. What happened between Seagull and Blackman this last game? I, I was in Johnson City for a marching competition, so I don't have any idea. It was a real close game. I didn't think it was going to be that way. It's a three-point game. Yeah, that was a tough game. But it, it just shows you the, the everything – 
is operated at a high level right now i will say this we have possibly the best driver's ed department (laughs) in the country mac hawks mitzi wilson now i'm third when it comes to the level of teaching now i do risk my life in driver's ed but that's obvious as Mm -hmm. far as the department head mitzi wilson then Mac Hawks, you throw him in there. I mean, he's got a baseball stadium named after him. But all three of us, we're on a high level of uh, educating our youth on how to drive, especially in a wild town like Murfreesboro. I think it's the worst driving town anywhere in the nation. We have near collisions often, and every time we do, I just say, I will always have a job. You know, I will always have a job because there's always bad drivers around here. What have uh, Murfreesboro police? They do a great job monitoring the traffic here in, in Murfreesboro. And I, 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 what if you have one of your students that just happens maybe in a 40 mile an hour speed zone, driving 60 miles an hour, and 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 you've already turned completely white. <laughs> And and then the blue light gets behind you and stops you. How do you relate to the officer that's watching all that? Now, can that student get a ticket, or what's going to happen? Well, I hope we never find that out. Now, I do have a break on my side, but I do think oh, it, wow. yeah, I, I wouldn't get in the car with him if I didn't have a that's break like on my a side. Par- <laughs> like having a parachute. That's right. Yeah. So. So I definitely ride the brakes sometimes, but yeah. at the same time, I think if they got pulled over, it'd be a great teachable moment. Yeah, you know, I think that would be a uh, nice uh, moment to uh, learn a lesson. Mm-hmm. And um, I always tell our students that if we get pulled over, that they're definitely getting a ticket, and they're going to write me one too. So we want to make sure we don't get pulled over. So we've been lucky so far. But they don't have a driver's license yet. Well, I, I, I don't know if that's true uh, as far as get them getting a ticket, but I just give them that heads up. I tell them how expensive tickets are and how going to court's very, very scary. And I just want to make sure that, you know, they're aware that I definitely don't want to get pulled over. So yeah, I, I tell them that's what's going to happen, whether it's true or not. But a lot of times I think, you know, um, they may pull us over when they see that magnet just to kind of, you know, let them experience what it's like because you know how it is. Even nowadays, when I see a blue light in the rearview mirror, I, my heart just drops a little bit. Oh, whether, mine too. Whether I'm guilty or not, yeah. you know. So, so I think it's uh, it would be a good teachable moment if nothing else. That's a good thing for maybe the police officers in Murfreesboro to work with you guys that are out <laughs> with a student driving because every one of us. Even me, when I'm driving down the road and I see a patrol car behind me, I drive the speed limit the whole time. <laughs> right, right. And then the minute I see him gone. <laughs> speed up a little bit. Yeah, speed up a little bit. Well, Kevin, I mean, even the opportunity to to teach the kids how to interact with the police officer. That's Absolutely. That's a good teaching moment. Absolutely. And that's we, we usually have uh, – you know, an SRO officer or sometimes maybe even a state trooper, someone come in and be a guest speaker and just let them know, you know, the police are on your side. You know, they're there to help regulate and make sure people are doing what they're supposed to behind the wheel. And and so usually we have a great candid conversation 
uh, in our class when we have a guest speaker. Uh, and it's good, you know, it's good for both, you know, to, yeah. to learn from each other, but mostly just to let the students know that they're there to help us, yeah. you know. That's a perfect education for all kids going through school is to teach the relationship between the officer. Of course, you got the school resource officers, and, mm -hmm. and, and they could do that as well as anybody, but um, people need to know that when you break the law, there are consequences that are going to be there and be uh cordial to the law enforcement officers because they're they're not in, in there they're there for your safety along with everybody else's and we're seeing too many times in especially in major cities that uh, they haven't been taught how to relate back to people in those type situations and and uh, unfortunately, there's some cities that are probably going to do away with law enforcement, mm -hmm. which is the, maybe the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my life. But if you, they're, they're normal people just like everybody else, and they have a job to do, and let them do their jobs. And, and uh, you have done something to uh, get their attention, <laughs> and, and you need to be cordial and, and unfortunately I think that's one of the worst things that's happening in this country right now is there's no parenting and you guys have to f fill that void which is which is a shame and that's one of the toughest things that's going on in all of our schools today and I'm glad we've got people like you Kevin that, that can make a big difference in their lives both um, there's something about coaches that you seem to um, draw the attention of the students more than any other place in a school. And, and they will listen to you more than they probably will anybody else. And, and you're, you're the one that's going to change their lives and make things better as, as they get older. Well, I appreciate that. We got some really good coaches. We got some really good teachers. We got really good SRO officers. Yeah. So I think, you know, we, we have a good thing rolling in this county uh, with teachers and coaches. And, and like I said, the relationship with the SRO officers and uh, just letting the, letting the students know that we're all there to help them. We're all on the same team. Go Patriots. Go Patriots. Come on out Friday night. Friday night. What time to be, be over at Oakland? I'd say be there about 6.30, but the game starts at 7. Yeah, and how's the weather going to be? It's uh, mild. I think uh, 55, but no chance of rain, so that's good. Yeah. But be, be, uh, wear your uh, uh, warm outfit. You said mild, but <laughs> for somebody my age, 50 degrees is not mild. <laughs> Definitely dress appropriately. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's good football weather. That's yeah. right. Playoff weather. Yep. I bet you you were a big football fan. Is that right, Terry? Used to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Honestly, I go to the football games because of the band now. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> nothing wrong I enjoy, with that. I enjoy watching a good game, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> Appreciate. I guys. always appreciate you coming over, and uh, I think everybody should show up to watch that because, you know, 
it, it's rare to have a team like Oakland in your community. You you guys are special. Well, we're graduating a bunch of good ones, and you just never know when it's going to be the last game. So, yeah, you know, don't don't take advantage of the situation. It could end any Friday night. We definitely want everybody to come and watch and and like I said, enjoy this team's uh, you know last run. Yeah, the last run for this year for these seniors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a special time. Are you going to run them out uh, on the team, the, the seniors first, like we, they do in in the uh, in the college level? I think that's what we're doing. Yes, sir. Good for you. Good mm-hmm. for you. Well, I know you're going to win, <laughs> but I, I I still wish you the best. Appreciate it. Thank you for coming over, Terry. I always like to know what's going on here because. I have developed a number of friends. Of course, you're one of them over here, and I thoroughly enjoy seeing everybody here. Well, we enjoy having you here. Uh, I think it's a good partnership. And, and, you, and, you, and you can lie so well. <laughs> <laughs> now, Truman. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you in the morning at 9. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.